0: welcome to coaching the coach i'm your host pete townley for the upstate performance project hey everybody welcome to the show today this is take number two i started out with some really somber music and i was trying to be all upbeat and positive today and that uh the music wasn't doing it so i had to get some different background music um so, this one's a little little more lighthearted, maybe a little too lighthearted, if you will. Um, but uh, I think this is going to be a good podcast for all of you who are starting to wonder, how, how are we going to put all of this stuff together? In other words, what's, what are some of the barriers that we face putting together everything we've been talking about for the last year? Like, how do you build that team? How do you build... Uh, that mission, and how do you put the mission into practice? So if you go back to last week when we talked about, you know, that self-reflection, again, which is something we've talked about on multiple podcasts, but when we look at the reflection and we look at what am I doing, am I doing what I said I'm going to be doing, am I following my mission, am I giving the clients what they're asking for, and it, and you know, and you and you come up with yes or no or whatever, and then you change it, and you know, you have to reflect every once in a while. And, and one of those things that I you know have ref, been reflecting on recently is the whole idea of my YouTube channel and upgrading the podcast to you know better sound quality and all of these things these are some of the technical things I've been wanting to do and I hit a little roadblock as you guys know with my computer crashing this summer and it kind of set me behind a little bit um, and so I haven't been doing the po- or the uh, YouTube because it wasn't I I didn't feel like I had it ready to go at the quality, at the level I wanted. And I'm, I'm gonna just get over that and start it with the quality that I know I can pull off consistently. And uh, you know, as, as things grow, I'll increase the quality and, and increase graphics and you know, do some other fun things that I can take time to do because YouTube is not ever going to be my full-time job. So I'm not gonna spend hours on each one. I just wanna get the content out there. But I don't want it to be just me sitting in front of the camera either. So um, I'm jumping in. We're just gonna do it. Even if I don't have all my full editing capabilities, we're just gonna do it. And that's, again, going back to what I talked about a couple weeks ago, which is don't let these ideas, don't let your your um, dreams just kind of fall flat. Because like I said, it's a terrible feeling when you have this idea and you don't do anything. And then someone else does it. And you're like, man, I had that idea two years ago, but I didn't follow through. I didn't do it. And now someone else is doing it. And not to say that you can't still do it, of course, but... You know, it's, that's still a, not a great feeling because, you know, you want to be innovative. You want to put things out there that are unique. So, <clears throat> I'm doing it. So that's my commitment to you guys, again, to help model that behavior, to say, we just put yourself out there and see what happens and make adjustments as you go. But don't wait till the time is perfect because it probably never will be. It's like they say when you have kids, when's the best time to have kids? It's hard to sit and plan for them. But once you have one, it's like, boom. Okay, you know what to do. You handle it. So, um, today I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee here real quick. Today we are talking about how do we pull everything together and put this into practice. So let me let me paint a picture here. Um, when I was teaching, uh, when I was a full time professor at Ottawa University, um, one of the things that we learned, or that I started to learn, um, and then also in my PhD studies, were things related to curriculum. And so there are different curriculum ideas out there when it comes to education, you know, uh, secondary education specifically. So what happens is there are different philosophies, different ideas, progressive ideas, um, you know, individualized, you know, programs. And there's a lot of different philosophies out there. And some have merit, some, you know, look good on paper, but don't translate well in practice. And there's a lot of things like that. But in every discipline, whether it be teacher education or personal training or wherever, there, there are seminars, there are um, conferences, there are ways to get out that new information. So new studies, whether it be a research journal or a seminar, or there's new things that are in everyone's field that... Again, if you're keeping up and educating yourself, which you should be, you're gonna you're gonna follow these things or find these things, and some of them are great, and some of them you want to implement right away. But sometimes you find something and then you try to implement and you try to get your staff on board, or you try to change your training model or idea, and it's hard to get your clients on board. And so that can be a real barrier, a real big roadblock in terms of you know achieving your mission and, and trying to get done what you want to get done so we talked in the education world one of the biggest issues was dissemination so let's say it's october the school year's already started you go to this conference and it's about you know how to effectively teach this type of math lesson or whatever right and you know it sounds like a great idea and it sounds like yeah this could work at my school the other teachers might be on board with this but you know the school year's already started, so it's a great information. You come back with a packet, you know that details how to do it. But then you kind of file that away, and then you go on teaching for the uh, with the old way the rest of the year. And then the next year you forget about it, and then or you go to some other conference, and so a lot of these ideas get lost in the shovel because dissemination it doesn't get out to the right people at the right time, um, and have the right people backing it and pushing it. Um, and what I mean by that is. The other issue, aside from just getting it in front of people, um, is that there, aren't, there isn't enough practice with, with things like this to really understand what that new style might you know uh, uh, produce. So if you go out and have a seminar and you learn about this new teaching technique and just learn about it and here's some examples of, of how it worked, but you don't get any hands-on experience with it during that seminar, during that continuing ed seminar that you do, it's not going to translate as good as it could because you really don't have the experience with it and you haven't really flushed it out to see if, yeah, this will work or it won't work. And so you're like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. I'm going to look into this more when I have time. And then that never happens, right? And that's very typical. That's not an uncommon uh, scenario. But the other big problem is getting everyone on board, with it, so the one thing I learned in my in my in my curriculum studies uh, during my PhD work was the superintendent of a school district might have a particular idea or a particular um, uh, philosophy when it comes to curriculum, um, and generally they're going to hire principals that follow suit, and those principals ho- should. Be hiring the teachers that also you know align with that curriculum model, but it doesn't always happen. Or there could be teachers that are already there that have different views. And so what happens is there's a real disconnect. Not everyone's on the same page. A lot of people don't like this. So like like for example, in the teaching world right now, there's that uh, Common Core, which you know was a a new way of teaching, uh, and and getting the information out there, and it has some merit but it also has some practical application issues and even some people who were big proponents of common core like Bill Gates um, has gone back and said yeah maybe it wasn't the best or maybe we can refine it this way so so again the idea is not everyone is on board even even once you implement it it it, you know it could use some revision or, or what have you and that's okay but you have to be able to do these things and make sure that everything's on board because your plan may not work if it's not done exactly how it was drawn up to be so going back to um, an example from the upstate performance project one of the things that um, was difficult for me when i was at the ymca and again this is not a knock on the y but it was such a big organization that if i wanted to do a program or had an idea things had to be run through you know the red tape and everything every other branch you know really needed to follow suit and be on board and so that meant you had meetings with a whole bunch of other people who had input and then things get watered down or changed slightly so that it fits and makes sense in in all different locations and what have you and the idea with that is is great cuz you wanted to have continu- you know the same a consistent service no matter what branch you went to. And I totally understand that. And that makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there were some ideas that would work better at certain places than others. And so it got not frustrating for me, but I, I had to quickly learn that when working in a big company like that, sometimes ideas, you know, you pitch an idea and then it gets worked into a workable uh, scenario. But sometimes that means compromising on something. And it could be a key factor or now your program isn't as effective as you think it could be because you had to concede here and there. And that was one of the things that I felt, you know, I really wanted to explore more. And I had this opportunity and and here Chelsea and I are. And again, we haven't hit home runs every time, but we've been able to put out ideas and and follow them and we've been successful for the most part. Uh, But the idea is we we try the idea exactly how we draw it up and we go back and we reflect as we've talked about and we make the changes but part of that success is because chelsea and i are on the same page so there was a research article done recently um in in the newest um uh strength conditioning journal or journal of strength and conditioning that the nsca puts out and it talks about how you know practitioners view evidence and use evidence-based research. So is it, um, do people you know, read the research, like read these journals and then change what they do and put it into practice right away? Or do they read, what, what are the barriers of doing that? Why do they do it? What's hard about it? And so some of the things that came out, they said, they, they, uh, when, it, when it comes to new information, there's three big ways to gain information. Peer-reviewed. Journals, which like the NSCA Journal, Strength and Conditioning Journal. Um, There's seminars. That was kind of number two. Going to these seminars and learning from people. And then learning from their coworkers or the people that they're working day in and day out with who have had experience in in certain areas. Yeah, This is the best way to do it. This is uh, the way to follow. And so they learn that way. And so those are the three most valuable ways of gaining information as, as per this study. But some of the barriers were the exact same as the barriers that teachers faced in my example earlier when I was, when I was in teacher education. And what, what we see is not everyone's on board. So if, if I have this idea, if I go to this seminar or I read this research and it makes sense to me and I want to change slightly how I teach a squat or slightly how I do this, I certainly can do that. But if I want to get my whole team on board, my whole vision won't be reached unless everyone is on board, right? And understanding exactly what we're trying to do. And I want to make sure that everyone's on board. So there, I could have people that aren't philosophically doing the same things that I want to do. So let me give you an example. When I came and took over at the Y, there were a couple things that... Um, I learned very quickly. And this is great. I, I grew tremendously from this. And this, again, this is not a knock on the why at all. This is this is just my, my experience. So I had this idea about what kind of trainer I wanted or what kind of information I wanted the trainers to have. What I did not um, take into consideration was that not every trainer was going to want to train people the way I wanted them to train people. So I had a model. I had kind of a, um, you know, a formula, much like what we do here at Upstate, uh, that I wanted all of my trainers to utilize because I felt in my 20 plus years of experience, this is what works, right? So I wanted all my trainers to kind of learn this model, learn how to assess people better. Um, and, and, and again, be consistent. I want everyone to be the same in terms of how we assess and general philosophy. Now, if if someone's better at you know some bodybuilding or or better at sports performance that's fine the trainers could have their own individual flair and their own individual expertise areas that, that that was certainly fine i didn't want everyone to train exactly the same but i wanted their philosophy to be the same and i wanted their their foundation to be the same and that is to assess people properly and to make sure that the type of workouts given followed the same kind of Um, Not format, but the same uh, philosophy, i.e. the short, intense exercise, you know, mixed with the rest, mixed with the nutrition and everything playing together had to be talked about and discussed and so on and so forth. Well, I, I ran in I gave great seminars, right? (laughs) At least in my opinion, I I gave the information out and we had some trainers that loved it. Some trainers that made sense to them like, yeah, this is good stuff, but they didn't really want to train. And I had some people that that stuff was way over their head. And so I had a, a, my my work cut out for me. So I spent a lot of my early time there at the Y trying to push that, because I felt that you know if they just they could just get it, they would they would make the changes, and then we would we would grow, and my revenue would go up. And I slowly realized that it wasn't that they were bad trainers, or it wasn't that they were not smart trainers. It's just my philosophy was. And, and, and ideas were different than other people. So I had to make a decision as a manager, you know, do I, you know, get rid of these people and, and, and uh, hire people that I thought would fit my mold or vice versa. And I found, you know, I didn't want to get rid of anybody. So I thought, well, I'll just hire new people that kind of fit my style. And again, in a lot of interviews, um, I needed... A wide range of, you know, or I had a wide range of trainers. But by and large, I tried to find ones that fit that ideal. So when I did my interview questions, I made sure that they had similar beliefs, similar ideas. And, and I was able to hire some of those people. The, the one thing that happened, and this was very predictable, was that they came in to the Y. They came in, they got their job, and they did well. And they progressed to a point where then they you know, looked elsewhere for full-time employment because they kind of leveled out, so to speak. And that was great. That was, a, to me, that was a success because these were new trainers. They they, they got some success. They, they they ran the style that I wanted. Our revenues went up, um, not every month, but but overall better than when I came in. And, and the idea was I had to find those people rather than try to convert people that were not, you know, on my um, same idea, uh, in terms of the, the philosophy, but I had to win them over time because I still wanted them to do it. And, and they would see the success that some of the other trainers were having following these types of things. And they came around one of, one of the trainers who, who was been in the game longer than me, right? She, she was struggling to, to retain some clients. Um, And then she finally broke down and kind of started doing some of the things that we talked about in our meetings and lo and behold, she was grabbing new clients again and the idea was not because all of a sudden she was a better trainer because she listened to me. That wasn't it. It was she had a fresh idea of looking at things and she really saw how the thoroughness of what I was trying to complete, the experience that I was trying to provide made a lot more sense when you explained it up front. And I think that was just the one piece she had been missing. And so I say all that to say this, you can have a great idea. You can have a um, an I, a vision for where you want your gym to go, where you want your uh, online personal training business to go, um, but you have to not only stick with your mission, but the information that you take in, where you get your information, you know, does it, does it, jive with what you're trying to do? Are you constantly just picking, like reading the newest journals and then trying to incorporate that into your um, uh, plan? Or are you just um, you know, not even looking at them? So going back to that study, the biggest barriers that they mentioned you know, were time, uh, the staff that is, is, is um, unreceptive. You know, right and then and then um, just uh, money you know ha- having the the ability to go buy new equipment or purchase certain things so those are the biggest barriers in implementing some ideas so so you might read some research that you love but you don't have the time or the money to buy some of these products or uh, learn this new system or or whatever and that can impede your growth because or impede your implementation, I should say, of this new strategy. Even if it fits perfectly with what you want. Or in my case, the example I gave at the why, the personnel wasn't, wasn't all there. And again, that's not to say that they weren't good trainers. It just means they had different beliefs than what I did. And, you know, I look back at the why, my why experience, and I think I would change things the way I approach it for sure. Uh, And I think I'd be even more successful if I had, uh, if I went back. But the the point I'm trying to make is you can really have success if you explain what you're trying to do. So um, not just explain how to do the squat, but explain the whole mission, the whole philosophy to your coaches if you have, if you are, if you have employees, uh, if it's not, if it's just you and you you don't have a team that you're working with, um, then it's then your clients are the people that need to understand this. And we've mentioned this before. Uh, you have to educate them on what you're doing. So, for example, this morning I had a brand new person in class today. So after class we sat there and she asked a lot of great questions. You know about um, you know why would someone choose your gym over this gym over that gym? And so it wasn't so much. You know what do you guys have to offer and what does it look like and can i take a sample class i mean she asked those questions but then she asked more in-depth questions like okay so i'm currently doing this why would i want to switch over here what's going to be the benefit for me and that gave me the door even though i wasn't doing a full-on consultation with her that gave me the the opportunity to to pull from that consultation material And explain to her the process of how we set things up, why we set things up, and that there is an intentional reason for every little exercise and everything that we do. And how it's going to be individualized for her, how it's going to meet her goals, and how we go about getting her goals and keeping her on task for her goals. And so it went more, you know, uh, probably into that consultation mode than what she may have been asking. But she was asking, you know, why would I choose this? Well, here's why. Here's what sets us apart. And here's why a program like this will be successful for you. And, you know, I think through that conversation, was I was able to convert her. Um, not that she was skeptical, per se, but she, she didn't necessarily dislike where she was currently working out. It was just she felt she was getting kind of stagnant there. Things weren't progressing for her. And she wanted to change things up. So she's just out here shopping. So I tried to uh, tell her what we were doing. Now, I know that um, I happen to be teaching the class this morning. So it, it worked out well. But if she comes to the evening class with Jeff or the morning class with Tony, um, she's going to get the same exact... Um, answer and the same exact attention to detail in coaching as she would with me because Chelsea and I, when we hire people, we hire people that are going to fit our mold. Now, we've learned from that. So when we've hired people in the past just because we needed warm bodies uh, to, to, to cover classes, it didn't go well. We, In fact, we've lost members because the the coaches um, weren't really up to par with, with what we were trying to accomplish. They were good trainers and they knew their stuff, but it wasn't at the level that we really needed it to be, um, and 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 not necessarily at the level in terms of knowledge, but the the level of care and attention to detail and things like that. So it's not always about what you know or what you don't know. It's about you know how you convey that and how you get that information out. So going back to that peer rev- or the 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 research article I'm I'm talking about today, it's getting that information out. And making sure that people are, you know, buy in to your system. And you do that through your consultation, you do that through answering those questions like I did today in, in a class setting. Uh, but also consistently modeling and consistently going after what you want. We're trying to grow. I need to do bigger and better things. So here's that tie-in back to the YouTube channel. If I want to grow my online space in the online space, I have to get out there and do some of these things that I I know will work. I just haven't done them because I haven't taken the time to do them. And I need to make the time. And I am making the time. And we're, we're getting some of these things done. i put up some of the programs that we're trying to sell. Those are going well. Um, I've I'm, I'm been very pleasantly surprised uh, about that. So all of these things are examples of how you take the information, whether it's information you've gathered over 20 years of experience or you've gone to a new seminar. But if you want to get people, whether they be your clients or your coaches that work for you, they have to see the information, hear the information, see how that information is going to make their experience better, whether it be helping to coach people or being coached. Um, you have to get people to buy in to whatever it is that you are trying to change or trying to implement or start or whatever. And first and foremost, you have to understand if that information fits with your vision and if it's consistent with everything that you're trying to do for example if if um, if all of a sudden i decided i you know i take a kettlebell course right and all of a sudden i like i love it and and for me all of a sudden kettlebells are number one and i want to do all kettlebell all the time if i try to change that in my gym and turn it into a kettlebell you know training gym i might gain some new members that are into kettlebells but i also might lose some members And it may not fit with my overall philosophy now i could change philosophies yes but and that and that's okay but if i'm trying to still promote what i'm trying to do but all of a sudden i fundamentally change how i do what i'm doing without any real tie-in now if there's a new exercise or a new routine or a new uh, way to put workouts together that is different than what i'm currently doing but still makes what i'm trying to do even better then I can make some fundamental changes, some big time changes, but it still goes with what my intentional goal was and my, my philosophy and the mission. So you have to start there and you have to, again, reflect like we talked about last time. Are you doing everything is, or is what you're doing supporting your mission, supporting your philosophy, supporting your ethics, all of the stuff that we've talked about over the last few weeks? And if it is, great. And if it's not, change it or Find a way to get the people to buy into what you're doing and um, whether that be your coaches or your clients. And you do that, again, I want you to know how to go out and do that today, by relating what you're trying to do back to your philosophy or relating back to their goals. So everything that you've put out there for them, that has to have a very easily translated goal. So for example, uh, I, want, I want to give one more example here and then then we'll wrap things up. Um, I have a new client. Um, he came in, he's a, he's a stud athlete and he's been working out at some other places. He uh, moved to us because we're closer. Um, he, he recently moved and it's just closer for him. And he asked me, you know, I wrote him out his workouts and he's doing them on his own cause he knows how to do everything. Uh, but I'm just programming for him. So he's, he, he's like, yeah, no, I mean, I, the workouts are kicking my butt they're, they're 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 working it's like but i had some questions like this seems a little weird to me like why did you put this exercise paired with this exercise in a, in a complex it's like that just seems like too similar of a movement so i explained to him well here's why i picked that uh and it happened to be for you know we're, we're kind of following a functional hypertrophy method um, or idea of training. So I want to get his muscles a little bit bigger, but I want to get them as strong as possible without necessarily packing on tons and tons of, of muscle. Because that's not necessarily what he wants or what he needs for his sport. Uh, but he needs to be stronger and wants to be stronger. And so there's a certain movement pattern, a certain way to p- uh, put these exercises together in this functional hypertrophy or giant sets and things like that. But there was a, a reason why I chose this particular, there were three exercises back to back to back. And there was a reason why I put them in that order. And there was a reason um, why we used the weight we did and the tempo we did. And so I sat there and was able to explain exactly why I did that. And he's like, oh, well, actually that makes a lot of sense. I totally get that. And it wasn't that he came to me. He's like, I don't like the way this is put together. He's like, I just don't understand. This seems like these three exercises are very similar. Why can't I just do one of them today, one of them tomorrow and one of them the next day? And so I was able to explain to him why we did it that way. And he bought in. He understood why I wrote the program because it looked different than any program he's been doing. Now, I'm not saying it's better than anything he's ever done. But it is different. Uh, and I know it worked for him because it's designed for him specifically. Um, but once he bought in, once he understood, he, he was like, okay, that makes sense. And his workout, he left you know soaking uh, in, in sweat and, and and loved the workout. It was great for him. So, uh, again, the take home point for today is if you are trying to build a team, if you're trying to start an online business, if you're trying to just train people in the gym you work at, um, and you're putting yourself out there as your own personal brand or starting a company, whatever your mission is, people have to buy into that mission so whatever the whatever the information is coming from, whether you've got new information from journals, webinars, or other coaches, or you have an idea and you want to implement that idea, it may be great. It may be very, very effective. But if people don't buy in, they're not going. It's not going to be as effective. It may be kind of effective, but it won't be as effective. So you have to get people to buy in. You've heard uh, CrossFit use the term, you know, oh I, they. They totally drank the Kool-Aid, they're all in. Well, those kind of people are going to get the most out of what CrossFit can offer because they have truly bought into that philosophy and bought into exactly what they're trying to do. Now, it may not be for everyone and it may not fit everyone's ideal, but if you buy into something and you totally believe in it and you understand what the goal is, where you are now and how what you're doing is going to get you to where you're going to go, then the buy-in is pretty easy at that point. And that's what you have to understand. Whether you're implementing new strategies, changing existing strategies, or you're starting fresh with a brand new business, or you're hiring people on, they need to be on board and buy-in as well. Otherwise, your vision, your mission, won't be carried out exactly how you have it in your head and how you think it will be most effective. So I hope that helps. And we will talk to you soon.